This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production, where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. This is Jason Witter, author, illustrator of Tiniest Vampire and Monsters Eating Ice Cream, and you are listening to Aaron's Horror Show. are listening to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We get to read fiction on the show and talk about some movies, books, you name it. If you like what I do here, please consider supporting the show at patreon.com forward slash Aaron Frail. You'll get some books and other cool stuff for your support. Go ahead and also reach out to me at Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com, Aaron Horror Show on Twitter, or Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We got some more Hayden's Dilemma for you today. I'm sure you're anxiously awaiting the next installment of uh, this series. I do have a bit of announcement before I start reading. I have a new book series coming out. It is my first fantasy novel series. So the first one in the series is called My Three-Year-Old is a Barbarian and Other Parenting Problems. And the second one is called Orcs in Portland and Other Social Social Justice Issues. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you know, I'm I'm releasing two books at once. So you can get the first two in the series right uh, now. Uh, all you need to do is go to anywhere ebooks are sold and look them up. So yeah, just go ahead and, and take a look at them. Uh, yeah, I think uh, you'll enjoy this. If you if you if you've enjoyed the stuff I've been reading on this show, then you'll enjoy these. These are probably some of the best, in in my opinion, some of the best things I've ever written. I think they have, uh, you know, the comedy going on, some of the action and adventure, some of the drama. It has a little bit of everything uh, throughout the entire book. So, yeah, you should probably uh, go check those out. Uh, you know, and I also would just appreciate your support, even if you don't necessarily read a whole lot of books yourself. Maybe you know someone who does. Uh, 
maybe you could go buy them uh, for that. Someone who does, uh, you know, you could gift eBooks to people. And what's nice about these is I'm going to go ahead and discount them uh, for 99 cents, uh, at least for the month of August. So uh, I don't know if I'll go beyond August. I'll see how the sale's doing, but uh, I, I'm going to do it for 99 cents just to get people into the series. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and uh, check out those wherever you buy books online. And uh, I really appreciate your support. So I'll go and get started with the story. Thought of dying on a desert planet reminded Hayden of the last time he visited his family right before they nicked the dervish. The promise that he'd find something over the next ridge reminded him of how his father had been so happy to see him. The sand beating down on him from gusts of wind reminded him of Paul's relentless attacks. The heat baking his body reminded him of the hangover he had to hide from Cal when his brother Josh proved to be the more tolerant drinker. After they stole the dervish, he had a few moments where he was sad to never see them again. But then he just had to remember Paul and the look his dad had given him on the last day. His new family was now Cal and the crew, unlike his biological one. There was no judgment of his past. His new family had a movie night. Hayden was happy. He pushed himself over the next ridge. The wind was particularly high at the top, and it whipped sand in his unprotected eyes. Goggles would be something he'd replicate next time he found himself on a desert world. His lips were dry and cracked, and his mouth felt full of cotton. He surveyed the valley below, and had finally come to the source of the smoke. It was the remains of the outpost the Touristicu fleet had destroyed. The entrance to the mine was not too far from his location, and parked near it was the Dervish too. Captain, the intruding vessel, must have been going for Cal. Hayden doubled his resolve and began to descend down the mountain. He'd have to be careful when he got close, because the turrets would gun him down if they spotted him. However, since he knew the full capabilities of the ship, he knew how to fool the scanners. Hayden stumbled into his father's apartment, slung over Josh's shoulder. He plopped down the couch and felt the room spinning. Even though he normally didn't drink all that much, and certainly not to excess, Josh had a personality where the drink never stopped flowing. Hayden's stomach churned, and Josh was there with a trash can. After emptying the contents of his stomach, Josh used the atomic printer to clean it out and sat on the couch. Hayden stood up and said, I gotta get back to my ship. It's 5 a.m. They'll be up soon. You are no condition to go anywhere, unless you want to spend the day in the drunk tank. Josh pulled his brother back down. Hayden laughed. He was in trouble now. When he didn't return, everyone would know about his outing. The crew would be pissed, and he risked all their lives. Leave it to him to screw it up with his new family, too. Hayden flopped down towards Josh and said, You know, I almost killed Paul tonight. Paul can be a jerk sometimes, Josh said. I think all of us wanted to kill him one time or another. No, Hayden said and pulled out his dad's gun. I mean, really wanted to kill him. Whoa, Josh said and tried to grab the weapon. Where'd you get that? Hayden pulled away and said, I know how to handle a firearm. I'm a wanted criminal. What are you talking about, man? Josh said, eyeing the gun. Didn't you know? I escaped from prison. Caused the riot that led to the explosion. Explosive decompression that killed, I don't know, 
hundreds of people? What? I, I didn't kill those villagers, though. I tried to save them. Irony is that Paul probably would have been proud of me if he knew the truth. What's going on here? Hayden's dad said. It wasn't clear about when exactly in the conversation he had emerged from his side of the sleeping patrician. What are you doing with my gun? Before Hayden could say anything, there was a pounding at the door. Hayden knew it was the authorities. Paul had finally called them, and they were about to arrest him. The front door opened, and he heard several people coming down the hallway. Hayden would rather die from a gun of an enforcer than go back to prison, or worse, be tortured to giving up his comrades. He pushed his father out of the way and ran towards the hall. Paul's voice came from the entrance. Josh, I told you not to lock the inner lock. Each time I have to call the building manager. It was too late. Hayden shot him. Paul looked at the blood coming from his chest. His wife and two kids were standing behind him in shock. Josh and Paul's wife ran to support him when he collapsed to the floor. Hayden dropped the gun and turned to face his dad. His father's eyes said it all. Hayden walked past Paul's family, who stared at Hayden in fear. He didn't turn back. Hayden used the little water he was saving to cover himself in mud. He would be easy to spot visually, but it would cover his heat and biosignatures well enough to trick the computer. Hayden still took precautions of keeping boulders in between him and the dervish too as much as possible. He crawled through two large rocks and peered around the edge. The dervish too was close, but the mouth of the cave was even closer. He ducked behind the cover and steeled his nerves for a dash to the underground. If he's lucky, he'd make it before anyone noticed. If he wasn't, he probably wouldn't even feel the rounds that were big enough to penetrate the hull of a ship tear through his body. What annoyed Hayden the most about his family was the way they all buried family secrets. The lying to their father, his brothers lying to each other, they're all symptoms of a bunch greater problem. They never talked to each other about anything. If Hayden felt like he could talk to his family, Maybe they could have helped him clear the charges, get a third-party investigation, something. Instead, he became the embarrassment of the family. There was none of that in Cal's crew. If someone had a problem, they told you about it. Cal made people settle their differences. And even though Hayden and Cal shared an off-and-on romantic interest, she did not give him any special consideration. She always did what she thought was fair, and people respected her. That's why he was willing to die for her. Whether it was an idiotic, drunken mistake, or now, when a ship could reduce him to a pile of goo that was mere meters away, he would do it for her. Hayden jumped in front of the boulder and ran towards the mouth of the cave. However, before he even got a few steps, he was met by an entourage of mercenaries in IF power armor, led by the guy Cal had stabbed. The dude looked like a cross between the Incredible Hulk and Iron Man. Cal was restrained with a set of energy cuffs and was led along by the group. They leveled their weapons at Hayden. A turret swiveled from the Dervish too, towards him. The Hulk gave a hand signal, and everyone lowered their weapons, including the ship. He walked towards Hayden and said, Let him go. The leader glanced to his compatriots, and they injected her with a stun serum. She fell limp, and they carried her back to the vessel. The leader smiled and approached Hayden while his unit climbed aboard. Not even a weapon, and the last of the water, the man dragged his finger across the mud on Hayden's face. The touch burned Hayden's skin. You let her go. I admire your loyalty. Really, I do. If I can inspire that kind of loyalty in my troops, 
I would probably truly be the first Turisticu Emperor. Do you know that when I was exterminating those moths, I'd leave one left? One survivor is a great way to get the rumor mill churning about your power. I advise you to think of it when your crew fights each other to the death, or whatever it is you do to figure out a new captain. We will hunt you down. The man smiled. Do you think I was going to leave you alive? Oh no, in this case, you're not some scared villager whispering in the night about the fearsome Turisticu. You're a capable pilot, and between you and me, better than any other lugs I have in my ship. I haven't even made a move till now because two evenly matched ships with a formidable crew would just lead to conflict. As much as it seems to the contrary, I abhor conflict. You mean you just don't like it when you don't know if you're going to win? Or why else would he pick on villagers with bows and arrows? The leader grabbed his throat and lifted him from the ground. Hayden could feel the chemicals that were leaching from the green veins that burned even through the mud. The noxious hulk continued, Don't mistake the calculation for cowardice. I would fight you if I had to. I just value the lives of my crew. And believe it or not, your crew too, he said and threw Hayden to the ground. So what's your move? When you kill me the moment I stepped out from behind the rock, Hayden said between gasps. It's like I was saying before, I need a pilot and one with your talent. Trust me, that cargo container was a nice move, and none of the people on my ship would have thought of it. You'd be compensated considerably, and don't get me wrong, it's not just the money. Most of the crew on my vessel were soldiers who gave up their posts to be with me. Many of them remember Cal when she was just a frightened little girl. Despite our differences, I'm proud of the woman she has become. Although, to be honest, I deserve all the credit. Hayden roared and charged. His adversary, a boot, sent him sprawling to the desert floor. Hayden spat. I say I join you. Will you spare Cal's life? He frowned and said, I can't guarantee that. Then you have my answer. Did I mention you'll be well compensated? How about a plot of land in Wyoming or Colorado? in those detestable Rocky Mountains you love so much. How about a surgery for your dad? Or maybe you can correct that heart condition for Paul? It would certainly make up for shooting him. Accidental discharge. Your family is kind to you, despite how you treated them. How do you know about that? Trust me, I do my research before I recruit anyone. I'd like to take out an insurance policy on my investment and make sure they comply. A connection request appeared from Makiarnak on Hayden's implant. It was a video feed. Hayden accepted the stream and saw his dad's apartment. His Paul, his father, were conversing about a sports team. A detonate command appeared on the screen, and Makiarnak's security clearance was accepted. The timer counted from 60 seconds. As you can see, the noxious hulk said, This is a limited time offer. I'll do it, Hayden croaked. What? I'll... Do it, Aiden called out. Makiarnak smiled and patted his shoulder as the timer stopped. You'll go far, my boy. <laughs> Granark yelled from the mouth of the cave and charged the pair. Makiarnak didn't look back. He stretched his arm, and a gleam of green filth gushed forth from his palm and knocked Granark backward several meters. A disheveled human rushed towards the end for Kandu's aid. The guns on the dervish too swiveled to finish the job, but before they could fire, the dervish dropped from the atmosphere. A wave of sand explosions pelted the ground near their feet while Makiarnak 
and Hayden ran for the Dervish II. The attack was cut short when the Dervish II returned fire and the Dervish had to spin around for another strafing run. They climbed the gangplank while it rose into the ship and Hayden felt the controls of the Dervish II's piloting system pop up on his display. A new employer left a message on the command screen. Get us out of here. Hayden took off at full thrust and left a crater on the ground. Friction from the atmosphere made the ship shake. The microgravity generators struggled to keep up, and they were knocked from their feet. Makiardek looked concerned for a second, and a smile crossed his face. Hayden had pushed the vessel to its limits and beyond. Either way, it was the right call. By the time his former craft swerved around for another assault, they were already in the upper atmosphere. Hayden knew Maker would calculate the risk of such a high-speed maneuver and would not find the risk acceptable. It was enough to convince them to stop the pursuit. The dervish turned back towards the mouth of the cave. No doubt they had no idea Cal was aboard. As soon as they were safe distance away, Hayden hit the full acceleration. He was unsure if he'd see his friends again. All right, that was uh, some more of Hayden's dilemma. I think the next time you uh, hear me read a story, I will be done with this uh particular story so oh uh, yeah and don't forget to check out my three-year-old is a barbarian and other parenting problems and works in portland and other social justice issues all right well thank you so much and see you another time mm -hmm.